Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, people? You know that sound. It is your favorite, soon to be a hit somewhere. The Unfiltered Band. It is episode number six. Sports Hills to Die On. Welcome to Unfiltered to have you on board. If you are here on the video side, we are available on Apple and Spotify and all the other places you can get podcasts, vice versa. If you want to see the video, you can see it over at my channel or over at Believes, uh, any of the episodes. And keep coming with the the interaction and the reaction and complaints on especially shows like this, which is going to be a list, and you're not going to like certain things I have to say. What else is new? That's par for the course. But get me at Casey Stern on Twitter. I want to hear from you on your own thoughts on other lists I should have down the road, other show ideas, things you don't like about this show, whatever it might be. I want to hear from you along the way. So hit me up on Twitter at Casey Stern. Today's show is the second one of these kind that I've done. Is going to be a list. going to be a top 10 countdown. Um, and like the last one, if you got a chance to listen to episode one, which I had a lot of fun with, and I appreciate the reaction because people seem to like it or are good liars, and I'll take that. It's fine. <laughs> In this case, it's okay. Um, there are going to be some of these where you're going to be able to tell. Like, I really couldn't narrow it down to 10, so I, like, took, like, multiple topics and kind of, like, put them under some category that makes it like they're one. Because when you're trying to think about sports hills to die on or any hills to die on it's difficult and i want to start there before we even get into this list and countdown with you okay what's a hill to die on what does that mean i remember and i'm trying to think of exactly i don't remember really honestly who was the first person because many people have said this not just to me but in general in life to other people i mean i've i've passed it on to others as well right you know you can lose the battle to win the war Right. In life, there are certain things that are just not worth getting aggravated over or creating more drama. Some things, sometimes you just got to eat it. Right. Make the error in the infield. And, you know, hey, that bobble I made at third base, you know, not like I'm some professional because clearly I'm not. Although, uh, in case listening, um, I, I did. And we, I, I feel like we were almost undefeated for and it's the greatest sports bar that's a hill to die on of all time. But Foley's in New York where everybody's been. I, I played third base for a season there. And, you know, living at the hot corner, that's as close as I'll ever get to it. I mean, really, it was not. It was softball. But let's be fair. But I, I was thinking, when you know, you make a bobble at third base and you're coming in on a ball. And you know that there's a runner that's getting down that line pretty quick. If I throw this ball... There was no chance I'm getting the dude out. You got to eat it, right? My bad. That's it. My B. Sorry. To the pitcher, let's go on. Let's get to the next one. You got to do that. I feel like Bartolo Colon eating innings. I've had to eat a lot over the course of my life, all right? Thankfully, not eating as much now, literally. But I've had to eat a lot, okay? I get that. And sometimes you just got to gotta own it. And you got to move on to the next one, right? That whole idea of you lose the battle and win the war, right? Why do I bring that up? Hills to die on. These are the wars that whether or not, and the irony of this, and this is true, in most, 
first of all, in all these cases, because we're talking about sports, all right? So as much as they're important to us, let's get a grip or try and, and maintain one here during the show, right? These are all not the end of the world, no matter what the hell's going on, right? But in life, some of us, and, and I often choose wrong, so I, I'm right there with you, but some of us choose the wrong hills. But, like, your hill chooses you. Like, I feel so strongly about this, I'm going to fight. The hot dog is its own category. It's not a sandwich, okay? I don't want to see it in the sandwiches. You got burgers and you got hot dogs. It's not a sandwich. Sandwich doesn't go on a hot dog bun. Now, if you want to go slice up that hot dog and you want to go put it on some rye bread and you want to tell me that's a sandwich, we can have a sandwich. It's a hot dog, all right? Die hard. Christmas is a part of the movie. It's not a Christmas movie. Because, like, to me, like a Christmas movie, right, I'm thinking of Home Alone. Uh, I'm thinking of, you know, Scrooge, Miracle on 34. Like, they're, like you got to be a Christmas movie, a Christmas story. Hi, right? Like, I don't want to hear Die Hard's a Christmas movie. And I've argued about this with, like, a million. That's one hill that I'm, I'm not alone. I mean, it's probably 50-50. But I, I, that's not a Christmas movie to me, right? It's like. You can't say this anymore because people take it wrong. And it, it, it's it's so terrible because a lot of times things that were not derogatory then kind of become that way. And it's 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 weird. Like, I, I love, and there's many of them, like Joan Jett is what I think of, right? Right off the bat, like, heart. Like, and he used to say, like, like, you know, like, Rock chicks or chick rock or something like that. No, you can't. And, and nobody, you know, he's saying it like in some derogatory term. And, you know, I grew up with a single mom most of my life. I love my mother. I got two daughters. It's not about that. But I was thinking it's like, you know, people used to say chick flick, right? And like now you can't even say that anymore. Nobody meant it in any kind of a way where they were like really thinking about it. But I, I would say to people who like would put like the princess bride in that category and be like, no, like I'm dying on this hill. This is not. No, it, that's inconceivable. I'm sorry. Hills to die on are the fights that you can't even, you can't force yourself not to get in, right? The arguments you can't, <laughs> your, your brain and your heart, I mean, you know, we're not talking about like serious things. So I say heart, it's like passion, like in like a spirit, a spirit way, a spirited in terms of an argument. We're not talking about love necessarily, especially not here. But like, these are hills you, you can't, like, you're dying, you're waking up, you're like a cat, you got like 99 lives on this hill. I had so many that I could have picked, and I had a problem trying to come, come up with them. I will say, and I think this is going to surprise you when we get there, I really do think it's going to surprise you what number one is. I actually will tell you, and I'll say this at the beginning of the list, I, I, and I always do this with, with lists like this, and I never used to do them really that formally, on my show over the years, but at times when I've done things like this, and I did it this way in the first episode, and I did it in this ep here, like I write down all the things that pop in my mind that I'm like, okay, this could make the list, right? And then it's like when somebody asks, like they used to have those things on Facebook, um, you know, before Facebook became like, I can't even go here because this is like a holiday nobody ever heard of. Like, you know, I just like, you know, scratch my left leg and my neighbor said it's cool day. Like, I mean, really enough with this. But they used to have, you know, somebody would, like, get... I could never avoid... It's so stupid, because it's like... You know, a lot of times, like, the person would come up on the timeline. I don't even know them. But if I see... And this will happen on Twitter. It's like, you know, Marty McFly. Don't call him Yella. 
if somebody says to me, top 10 movies or what are your top 10 songs? I don't even know the person. And I'm like, I got to respond. Like, it's just you get excited. and It's fun to just kind of like come up with that. Right. So I, I put on the list all of the ideas that I, I thought over the last few days of that are in my head of arguments I've had. And I know somebody's going to bring something up, but this is bound to happen on Twitter. And I'm going to be like, shoot, I feel the same way. I should have used that because it really is. It's hard. Like there's nowhere to, to necessarily like research. Like you could, I don't like, I wasn't going into like, what are the best debates? Like I was thinking about what are things that I went from sport to sport. And then I went like in my own head, like decade, decade. Like I, I was trying to remember all the things I get mad about that I'm like, no, like stupid. Like you don't understand. Right. Like, I'm right, you're wrong. Like, those are hills to die on, right? I mean, that's just, like, where you're at. And like I said on Twitter the other day, like, nobody have has manners in this world. Like, the people, like, you, you hold the door open for somebody. And, like, first of all, I do it anyway. You don't do it for the thank you. And it depends who it is. But what always annoys me is, like, if a dude's in a suit, like, in a rush, and I could easily walk in the building, right, like downstairs, like in my building now where I live, like wherever. If, if I'm holding it open for you, right, or like in your whole family and I see you carrying stuff, I don't do it for that reason. But like for me and you want to – you still like – it's weird. Like when somebody doesn't say thank you, I know that sounds terrible. It's like, you know, I didn't invite you to the party for the gift, but then when you don't give one – I mean we're really all hypocritical, right, with like, – I mean who are we as a group of people? Society, what's on wrong with us? The next show, episode seven. I was sure about number one when I threw all these things on the list. And number one's going to surprise you, I think. I, I, I think probably everybody. But I was sure. And, it, and it's not prospects are cool. It's not. It's on the, that's on the list. I already said it would be. Because I really wanted to, in general, delve into that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, in this hour, doing that because I've... I haven't really done that on the air or publicly even since before this kind of thing randomly took off. I mean, I've said a million things in my life of all the things that somehow like jumped off some and went a place I never thought. But I want to get into that. It is on the list. It's not number one. But number one, I think is going to surprise you. It did, I knew right away. Like when I went right away, right away, I knew the sports related thing that pissed me off more than anything else pisses me off. Every day, every month, every year of my life. I want to say my whole damn life, but at least the last 20 years I've been doing this for a living. It was not even a question. So hopefully that's a good tease for you sticking around here. But it, that's not why I'm saying. I'm literally, I was sure what number one is. I will tell you that like after, like the first seven were solid. And then it was like, I could have gone like eight to like 32. And I was trying to figure out what am I going to do here? Because there were so many. So without further ado, second time we've done these lists, and all I got is the names, that's it, and the numbers and, like, arrows of, no, this one should go there. But here we go. And, and last thing I want to say, sneak one, and I apologize, one, one last thing in here. These lists are personal, right? It depends where you live, how you grew up, what makes you upset, what sports you like. There's no right or wrong answer for, like, because it's your top ten sports hills to die on. What makes you, you know, tick? What moves you, right? It's not about for everybody it's going to be the same. Unless I was saying to you, 
what are the, uh, you know, baseball rule hills to die on, right? And then <clears throat> you could say to me, okay, here's what I want to do with the shift or whatever. Like, it's so wide open. It's, it's very open. I'm going overarching in number 10. Here we go. Top 10 sports hills to die on. Brought to you by Unfiltered, episode number six. And I say brought to you by Unfiltered because uh, I know sponsors are rolling in and uh, feel free. Um, I will tell you all the things I like to eat and drink so you can all come join and companies can line up. Here we go. Number 10. And I always go with the, I laugh at myself because I don't know why I always do this with these like weird titles, but it's just, you know, I remember the last one where I was like old people and, and I got more tweets and people sending me that they laughed when I said like the biggest problems in baseball were old people. So I'm, I'm just continuing with the titles because I just, that's who I am. Here we go. Number 10, the NBA is your daddy. Number 10, Casey Stern sports hill to die on. The NBA is your daddy. What do I mean by that? The NFL, okay, is the sport that a lot of people... Baseball is, is America's pastime. No, it's not. It's been passed lots of times, okay? Everybody lives in the past. I went through that in episode one. I'm not going to get back into that. And that's part of the reason because it's so old and foggy. But baseball, when you look at ratings and attention and like a million other you know, things, including the length of game, and everybody complains about, you know, a million different things, obviously, with that. But it is, it is not, sorry, baseball is not America's pastime. It, it, it was, but the word past is in it, okay? The NFL, when you think about, and people think about this from the Super Bowl ratings, right, for, you know, in terms of one sports event, and people think about the NFL in terms of, you know, football and, and fantasy football and all the money that surrounds it and the attention that it gets. And a lot of that has to do with the season that it carries because it's the only one where it's once a week. You know, and, and I hate Thursday night games, by the way. That's a whole other thing. And I've worked them, and, and I did for radio for two years, post-game for them. I, it's, I, ha I hate, I don't like the Thursday night games. First of all, the, the players aren't even ready those games are always garbage. They never really get the really good teams. I could go on forever. But it's once a week, typically, okay, for football. It's just the way it goes. And, like, I think we all understand that. And that's okay. But it is not America's pastime either. It is not America's sport either. I'm going to get to America's team later in this list. Tease. Really? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're involved. Tell you how. But the NBA is, is your daddy, my daddy, their daddy, Charlie, my dog who's next to me sleeping. Charlie, they're your daddy. They're everyone's daddy. What does that mean? They do everything. Now, I have loved hockey my whole life. It is my favorite sport probably, and a lot of people don't know that, but anybody who knows me does. My favorite team by a good mile ahead of the Mets, who everybody thinks is my favorite, in any sport, is the Islanders, who are a hockey team. And there are some things about that sport, which I'll get into later in this list, that are better than anywhere else. But in watching the NHL and being around it enough, I, I don't feel like any kind of an expert, but if, if, I'm an expert fan, right? My knowledge is per really high in that sport. I've covered the U.S. Open, uh, done play-by-play -play for it. I love tennis. Not a golf guy, being honest, so it's hard for me to rope golf into much, anything. Um, I can't stand in, really standing out in the heat. Now I just, I just bitch about things, but I, I just, golf is just, I'd rather go to the driving range, have a couple beers, but golf's not my thing. 
Um, lacrosse, big from where I'm from, not my thing. But we're thinking about like the, the major, at MMA, anybody who knows me knows I'm a, a diehard. Like, I mean, from like way before anybody even knew what it was, right? Love combat sports. So I, I feel like I love all sports. And then, and, and there's a reason I'm bringing this up, and I'll explain in a second. But I'm kind of like voir myself like a Mona Lisa Vito right now and my cousin Vinny, you know? Like, uh, I mean, I really, that, that's where I am at this point. You're 75, oh, 14. But in covering basketball and doing the finals for years, doing three Super Bowls, covering the NFL and doing that on radio, and being in baseball for, what, almost 20 years, I feel like I have a good handle on what events are like and how the sports are, are carried and how they're handled. And I will tell you that unequivocally, by about, without over-exaggerating, and it's a joke of myself because I, I say it in every pod episode, I do it all the time, but the NBA laps every other sport and then some in ways that people don't even understand. The NBA is everyone's daddy. The NBA is America's pastime. The NBA is America's league. The logo, Jerry Wet, the logo for everything. Okay, you can take the shield, you could take, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not even close. In my opinion, it is, it is not even close. And I want to hear about the Super Bowl versus the NBA Finals, which they drag out forever, and the NBA Playoffs, which they drag out forever, and the season, and go on and on and on. But that's, that's because it's, it's supply and demand. It's, it's one game. Right. If, if there were, when HDTVs came out, I remember the first time I went to go watch it at a friend's house, a buddy of mine who was a Dolphins fan. I went to go watch it on Monday Night Football. This is a true story. The next day I bought one. I was like, this is ridiculous. Now they're everywhere. Like the Super Bowl it only happened one day a year. Right. And a lot of people are more interested in the boxes and the drinks and the chips than they are what's even going on in the game anyway. And the commercials. I mean, what kind of a game? Oh, yeah. It's, well, you know, everybody thinks the, com the commercials, we're, we're going to watch the commercials. What is this, Demolition Man? Remember that movie? Like, really? Is this what we're doing? The NBA is everyone's daddy, people. Their marketing is a machine. David Stern, not just because he's my name, and I will tell you, is not my uncle. And I will share this very short story. So Wikipedia, which is an amazing thing. Like, I didn't realize until years ago that like anybody can go on anyone's Wikipedia. There are probably people who don't even realize this. I, I, I really, this is not that long ago that I figured this out. Like five, six, because I'll tell you why I figured this out. This is like six years ago, I think. I didn't even know. You could just go on anyone else's Wikipedia and just add stuff. Really? Like, it doesn't seem right to me. But uh, people, Wikipedia is not the place to go if you're going to do uh, prep for an interview or anything. I mean, who the hell knows who put what stats on there? But... I bring this up because I think about David Stern. When I was working with Turner and, and covering the NBA, I was in, I think it was, was I in New Orleans? I can't remember which All-Star game. It was one of the All-Star games, and I was doing it for a bunch of years there, but it was one of the All-Star games. And I did an event. I used to emcee some of their events, like during, you know, All-Star weekend and all of that. And... I think it was for an American Express, but I can't remember. But there was a, a panel, right? And Jerry Colangelo was on the panel. And I was excited to talk to him. I'd never met him, like, off-air even, just to talk about, obviously, because he's got huge ties in baseball. But at the time, he was there talking about being the, he the head of USA Basketball. And he, we were talking for a while, like, maybe, like, five, ten minutes before we did this, 
it was basically like a seminar that I was moderating. It was really cool. It was fun. Did it for an hour. It was for, you know, whatever subscribers of, of, I think it was Amex, that, you know, were able to join, like, for a luncheon. And afterwards, we walked to the back, like, to the area, and we were shaking hands. I'm like, okay, I, like, I'll eat some food, and I'm never going to probably see this guy again anyway. And he turned to me, and he asked me questions about my uncle, David. I was like, what? Apparently, apparently, and I can hear my dog snoring. If you could hear that, I'm not even going to fix it. It's unfiltered. Charlie, really? Come on, man. Try to make me look bad? I, apparently, his assistant, when he had heard, like, my name and didn't know who I was, and that's okay, that I had just been doing the NBA for, like, three years, and that I was hosting this event, his assistant that was there with him had gone to Wikipedia to, like, tell him. I guess he had asked stuff about me. And someone had put on there that David Stern was my uncle. And I was his nephew. And I didn't even know. Like, I went to look. I'm standing next to Jerry Colangelo. This is a true story. And I'm, like, Googling myself on Wikipedia. And it, it was right there. It said he was my uncle. I had to figure it. And I didn't realize at the time. I literally just went and edited and just deleted it myself. But it said that I it, it's the way it was. Well, Uncle David, may he rest, guy was brilliant, Okay. The job that Adam Silver does and being around there, the marketing that the NBA does of their players. You know, baseball is so afraid to market their own players and their own talent. It is, it is absurd. You know, you can't individualize what you wear. You can't individualize what you do. Everybody is sitting there complaining all the time instead of building up the players. Because if people, if they make money, right, this is the way I think. You can't make money as a league if they're not making you money. How could you be complaining? You should be pushing them. The NBA, you don't have to explain that to them. They do ev almost, almost everything right. In marketing, they do pretty much everything right. I mean, you think about globally, they do a way better job than any other sports, not even close. You think about, even though you can think about the dragging out of the schedules, their ratings, the way they work with the networks, the networks they use, everything they do on TV is better than everyone else. All right. You've got go back to and I said this, I think, in the first pod, you, know, you think about popularity across the globe and the top 100 players. And, you know, in terms of well-known, most like half of them are like NBA players. I was talking about Russell Westbrook in the first episode. Like you could be like the 20th or 30th best guy and everybody in the world wearing their jersey and nobody knows who Mike Trout is. Right. It's craziness. I think about the way they handle initiatives, the way they handled you know, all the things that were, were unfortunately kind of going on from a societal standpoint in terms of shutting down games when everything, you know, had happened in Wisconsin. You think about the way they handled the bubble during COVID. Like, everything they do is better than everybody else. Like, I'm not trying to get on Rob Manfred sp specifically, who I have issues with in terms of the way he's handled stuff, and anybody who says they don't is just lying, right? But I think about... When the league, when baseball didn't know if they were going to play, right? You know, the players and the owners were arguing back and forth. And it was during a time where, like, you know, everybody was afraid. We didn't know how long the, the COVID situation was going to impact economically and, you know, if people were safe. And there was so much that was going on. And then you had, which is going to happen again, going back to young players, which I talked about in the last episode of this podcast, but guys like Blake Snell telling you what he makes after taxes. Like there was a lot that was going on where like the players are looking greedy and the league and the owners are looking greedy. And as I said at the time, the NBA and, and Major League Baseball showed their differences during that alone. 
if you go back and you look at the way the two situations were handled, right, from the day that Rudy Gobert happened and everybody got taken off the court, go, go back to that time period, okay? If you go back there and you look at what had gone on, everything that Adam Silver said, he was even saying in his discussions, like, to the public, I just talked with 40 players. I just met with this, not just a committee of eight dudes like the league would in baseball would do, right? You get, like, eight guys, like, who are, like, you know, representing, like, a thousand people. And it's like they can't all agree. Like, doesn't everyone want to have to say? And then I was talking to players at the time who hated what was being happening and, and handled. And then is it Tony Clark's fault? Like, is it that they can't speak up? Is it the league? But the biggest difference was that Adam Silver was there meeting with the players, right? Because that's your, that's your moneymaker. That's your bread and butter. That's your league. Not the teams. It's not the owners. It's not the damn buildings. It's not the jerseys. I mean, if you've got city uniforms and 900 different things, it's not. It's none of that, okay? It's the players. That is where you make your money. Now, that's the same in every sport, but you got sports don't understand that. And Major League Baseball at the front of that list. But here's Adam Silver. Every, every go back and seriously look at it. It's it's it is fascinating. Everything was meeting with the players and with the players and and the players said this and I think we should do that. Whatever the case is, and then you got a situation where you got Major League Baseball and here's Rob Manfred and the commissioner's office. They're like in like some kind of like a WWE match where you got two sides and they're like the special guest referee, but they're they're only handing the chair to the owners to smack it on the players' heads. I mean, it was ridiculous. And I go to the, the Sunday night situation alone. If you remember, there was a, a Sunday night conversation, I think it was on SportsCenter, it, where they're going to have all the commissioners discussing COVID. And it was planned out for a while, whatever. But the league, baseball was the only league at the time that, like, they didn't know if they were going to play. The players that week had, you know, spouted off, and so had the owners, and back and forth. And I remember saying on the air at the time, on SiriusXM, like, if you're on Manfred, you can't go. Like, you got COVID, you got a cold, you got a date. I don't care what, you got a bad stomach. I don't care what the hell it is. You can't go. Like, you can't show up there when you don't have anything good. Sometimes it better not to say anything. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But he went on there and blasted the players. Oh, they're greedy and they need to do this better. And it looked, it was terrible. It was such bad PR for the sport. It looked so bad. And to me, it was so much a handicap match two-on-one. And clearly, a guy who used to represent the owners in these kind of, you know, mediations, right, and all these litigations, being exactly that still. We know you're getting greased by the owners. We know who's paying your bills. We get it. But you know who's paying their bills? The players. You can't play without the players. You're not going to a stadium to go watch replacement players. When we've seen that happen, all we do is complain. So the NBA, in that situation that nobody prepared for, which is like, you know, to me, it's like when you prepare for anything, if, if you tell, I don't know, you know, 10 people right now, like, hey, you're all going for a job, and your, your job is going to hinge on an essay that you write, right? And here you got six months to write it, and do your here's what you got to do. You're going to learn maybe who's the best, maybe, but you're probably going to learn who's the best at preparing. You want to find out who's the best if you need reflexes and people under pressure and you want to understand, like, real life, you go give it to them 10 minutes before, then go see. 10 seconds before, then go see. Here's COVID. It throws it, itself on everybody. 
and it was such an example how, number 10, the NBA is your daddy. They're everyone's daddy. Anybody who doesn't think so, you're wrong. They are, and I know it's overarching, but that's number 10. Number nine. <laughs> I'm laughing as I'm about to read this. This is, this is going to be the old people of the week. Cowboy fans are the worst. Number nine, hills to die on. Cowboy fans are the worst. Now, I want to expound, and I'm going to use this one at number nine to give you some like overarching thoughts that you're all going to hate and disagree with unless I pick your team about fans and stadiums around the league. In my own, like, this is how I feel. Because these are fun, like, hill to die on conversations, right? Like, when somebody's like, no, that's the best park at it, okay? People are always asking me, like, who are the worst fans? And it's, it really, it's an unfair question. Even though I'm saying it the way I'm saying it, number nine, Cowboy fans are the worst. It really is an unfair question because it's so generalizing. I know Cowboy fans that I, I am friends with and that I've worked with who they're a pain in the ass, but I like them and they're good fans, all right? Thinking about, like, the worst fan base, there's no worst fan base, really. I mean, I have some that drive me crazy. Tampa Bay Rays fans, I don't want to hear about your traffic. It's in the wrong area. Yeah, it's in the wrong area. I used to live on Long Island, and, like, to go to a Giants football game, it'd take you two and a half hours to get out of the parking lot, let alone the two and a half hours to get home. And I would have gone every week if you gave me tickets. You don't have to go to every game, but if it's in the wrong area, that's fine. But that area is not six states away, people. I remember I did, for anybody who listens to SiriusXM, I did some a few years ago. And I, I asked, I said, look, I'm only taking Rays fans this whole hour. And I did this. This is a true story. I said, I, I, I don't want to hear about your team. I don't want to hear about anything. I'm going to literally, it is what you could do when you have your own show. I'm going to just suck up an hour of radio once and for all. I want everybody to just give me your complaints and explain to me why I should value. And I got people telling me I can't believe, because I get it's not in the right area, Right. And the park sucks. That, I mean, that place, the Trop, is a disaster. It literally, it's atrocious, right? Like, I've been to the Vet. I've been to some bad stadiums they don't have anymore. I used to stand at Shea, like, your, your foot would stick to the ground because of all the piss that was there. Like, there are some bad places. But the Trop, like, literally, you could scream to somebody across the field and tell them, what, you know, where you want to go that night and make plans. I, I can't stand that place, right? Sorry. But you got people telling me, well, it takes an hour I, I got to get an hour to get to an hour. Are you kidding me? It takes an hour to park at City Field. An hour? Get over it. You're just not a good enough fan, and it's okay. And you don't get that because you're not feeling it. But it, it, I guarantee you, diehard Bucks fan that's also a Rays fan is probably like, yeah, I'm willing to go like here for a Bucks fan and for the Bucks and like for the Tampa Bay Rays, like a Rays fan. It basically, they're all Kate Winslet, like, not giving up half that raft in Titanic. Because if you want to talk about hills to die on, there's enough room on that raft. Why couldn't you, sp why couldn't you split time? Like, first of all, it's the stupidest thing ever, and it's a great movie, and it's long, and my heart will go on too, okay? But honestly, can we talk about, like, things that nobody discusses? I could go on forever about, what was it, a suitcase? Like, it's enough room for both of you to have, like, space, like, you know how many couches I've crammed onto? Like, it's like, you know, no, I can't really cuddle here. I could barely breathe. But we're sleeping here. This is the way it is, right? I mean, this is the, how it is. All your kids climb in the bed. You're, like, down at the foot of the bed with a foot, like, up your nose. And you're sleeping. You can't fit on that raft if the other option is die? And you're in a suitcase? Are you, God, are you crazy? 
And why couldn't you switch? I'll breathe for five minutes. Like when you go underwater, you hold your breath, then you come back up. You couldn't take two minutes, then I take two minutes. I would have done that for 400 days to stay alive. That whole thing's crazy, okay? But you're Kate Winslet in that spot if you're a Rays fan. And that same fan's a Bucks fan. They're willing to do And that's just the way it is. It's okay. Like, it's fine. Like, I live down here in Atlanta, and it's like, you know, I'm wearing a Falcons hat. They ain't willing to do that much. But the Bulldogs are doing something. They're, I'm telling you, they're going to go crazy. It's just the way it is. But of the fans that I've met, here we go. Of the fans that I've met in my life, Cowboy fans are the worst. They are really just, they're atrocious and annoying, and they're the worst. And I want to say there's like an age limit because the older ones don't bother me as much because they, they died in the wool. They've been there forever, and they're just dealing with like life now like I've dealt with as a Met fan my whole life. So I get that. But Cowboy fans are just, they are the worst. They are so good. They're so obnoxious. <clears throat> how about them, Cowboys? Well, how about them? You haven't won in forever. How about all those disappointments? How about suck? And stinking up the joint every time somebody asks you to do something. Tony Romo, who's brilliant at doing this for a living, and was a good quarterback. Can we hold the snap? Like, how many different... I, I was at the game where Victor Cruz was running 70 yards down the sideline to win a division against that team that thought they were so, so great, and then we won the Super Bowl instead. How about them Cowboys? And I like Dak Prescott, but okay. Like, really? Like, how about what? Emmett Smith? Like, he's like... He, Emmett Smith, the last thing he did to sporting related was dancing around with the stars, not running with his shoulder hanging off against my Giants for 200 yards on Monday Night Football, which that's a whole other thing. But Cowboy fans are just, they are so obnoxious. Like, think about the elitist of elite fans, right, who know their brand. They're, in my opinion, and this is all opinion, but in my opinion, there are really three teams in sports total that have a brand that is different than everywhere else and everyone else. And, and this was another hill I would die on, but I'm putting it in here. And when you look at the logo on a hat, you know they may not be a fan of that team because that's like a brand like it's like wearing something from Nike or Adidas. Like, I mean, literally, it, it doesn't even matter. It's a team. The Yankees, the Cowboys, the Montreal Canadiens. That's it. Three. Everybody else, take a step back. Everyone, my opinion, everybody. I don't care what team you think it is. Lakers even, Celtics, no. For me, those three, that's it. I mean, you're about a whole country for one of them, and you're talking about the greatness at a different level for really two of the three, because there's another one with the Cowboys. It's like, really, should they be in this category? But it's America's team, right? You got America's fans everywhere. Well, guess what? God bless America. The Cowboys have sucked while my Giants keep winning Super Bowls. And I'll get to Eli Manning later in the list, in a way. Cowboy fans are just the worst. Like, Yankee fans, I've, I've said this forever, like, you know, a lot of my family are Yankee fans. At least they used to win all the time. Like, Cowboy fans, they're just as obnoxious and arrogant. They didn't even win anything. Like, I'm okay if you get the sweat equity and the street cred to be an ass, but if you can't win and you play like ass and you're still acting like that, what, what are you, crazy? So I threw on this list before I get to number eight. Again, number 10, NBA is your daddy. Number nine, Cowboy fans are the worst. I wish I could just show the titles. If I just showed the titles of these, I think it would be just funny in its own right. People would be like, what in the hell does that mean? But the NBA is your daddy at number 10. Cowboy fans are the worst is number nine. But I also threw on here just kind of some quick thoughts and opinions on things that relate to that in terms of fan bases and stadiums and whatnot. Um, old parks are still amazing. Fenway, 
Wrigley. Like, to me, you go to an old stadium, there's something special about that. Like, I remember going to Dodger Stadium, which I've always loved Dodger Stadium, except for the traffic and where it's located. But you go to Dodger Stadium, and you look at the scoreboard, and it would be, like, a guy's name in script, and it looked like it was a high school football stadium. Like, I dig that. Like, if it's old and decrepit, there's something really good about that. Um, the best atmosphere of any baseball stadium to me is not it's not really close because to me you've got to have the aesthetics and then you've got to have the fan base that goes with it and it's oracle uh pack bell 900 different machinations of, of mccovey cove in san francisco with the giants it's the best stadium in the league yeah and i love fenway i love some of these other parks i think pnc is gorgeous like there's some but I, I mean, it's like a concert atmosphere with a gorgeous backdrop, great weather, an unbelievable city. It's not close. But I will tell you, and to close out number nine, and, and I'm, I'm, I mean this, and this is, it's going to seem biased, but it's really not. It's really not. In my lifetime, in any sport, and you know, I anybody who knows me knows I crush my own teams, right? And I mean, like, I usually get an overly negative on them the wrong way the best fan base i've ever encountered in any sport in my life are the new york islander fans and, and i'm sure of it and I, I know where that sounds you can hate it and at me and all that i'm sure of it it's the best fan base that i've i've not been a part i just i'm a part of it but have even been privy to and there are some great ones that i've seen and gotten to really kind of get a, a glimpse of, like, Cardinal fans, like, I always get on them, and it's like a love-hate, we mess with each other. But it's great, great, great fan base, right? The fans in baseball. I mean, who calls themselves that? No. But the Islander fans, to me, it's the best fit. First of all, I will tell you this, and this of, of this I'm sure, just going by ears. I've had a lot of loud sporting events that I've covered. I was there, like, eight rows from the field when David Freeze did David Freeze. I've been to, a, I was at uh, 92101 at Shea. I've been to three overtime games in the Stanley Cup. I, I've been to all kinds of different things. The loudest building I've ever consistently been in is without question Nassau Coliseum. And, it's, and that's not even close. It's not even close. And like anybody who's ever, even Ranger fans that I know that I'm friends with would attest to this. And the garden, by the way, is great for hockey games also. It's a great environment. But the acoustics, because the place is such a shithole, are amazing. Concerts there are great, too. Like, I've seen great Springsteen shows there at the Coliseum as well. But because of the acoustics and the fans and just how crazy they are, it is it is the loudest building, I won't say by far, because that's hard to attend, but it's the loudest building I've ever been in, for sure. Like, there's no question. You can't even hear yourself do anything. Literally, you're screaming to the person next to you during the playoffs there. It is so loud. But the Cowboy fans are the worst. That's number nine. <laughs> Number 10, NBA is your daddy. Number nine, Cowboy fans are the worst. Number eight, football is the only major sport that's better on TV. I'm not going to talk about this long, but I wanted to throw this in here because it's something that you never really discuss or think about, but I wonder how many people agree with this. Hockey actually is probably the antithesis of this. I, I know a lot of people who I have gotten into hockey. I'm a diehard hockey fan, right? who never would have watched it, never were into it, and I got them into it. And I've always said hockey is like that, that, that concert you drag a friend to, and I've had people drag me to concerts. I'm like, nah, no, nah, dude, hard pass, no interest. And then you go there, and it's like, wow, they're really good. And then you're out buying the CD or now going on iTunes or whatever, right? 
hockey is hard when it's the CD for people who have never been into it, never played it, grew up in the heat or, you know, not a lot of hockey around or whatever the case may be. It's hard for them because, you know, I can't find the puck. I don't know the rules. What is icing? What's offside? You know, there's like a lot of things going on. What do you mean they're changing lines? What, what does that mean? Like all that kind of stuff. But you go to a hockey game and I'm telling you right now, do this. You take somebody to a hockey game. that If you love hockey, that's never been there. Doesn't have to be a, a playoff game or anything. And they're like, wowed. I mean, I've done it. They're wowed. It is a different, it is the best sport live for sure. That's a hill I would, I, I didn't even put that in here, but I, I would absolutely put that in. It is the, the best sport live is hockey for sure. Like where the difference between TV and live goes to the direction of being there, hockey. But the other way, there's only one. Because basketball is close. It's like I've been to, you know, forget about covering because it's different because you just like, you know, when you're on the sidelines or something, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's not the same view. Basketball, you got to be in the right spot. You got to be in the right building. But it's hard if it's a good game for me to say it's better on TV than it would be live. Because everything's better when you're in it, right? You're feeling that moment. You want to watch a concert on TV or you want to be there. But football is better on television. I've been to a lot of football games. I've been to football playoff games. <clears throat> I cover, I've, I've been to the Super Bowl. Covered the Super Bowl. Sat in the stands. I've, I've been to crazy giant cowboy, giant eagle kind of games, right? Been to a Raider Chiefs game. Like, I've been to a lot of these. Been to Michigan, in Ann Arbor. Like, all kinds of different. Football is better on TV. Sorry. There's something about the way, like, the replays to me for football always are giving you more. There's so many guys that are involved in every play, and I think that's part of it, so much you could see. But I think... The breakdown and the analysis and the commentary is more important in football. I do. I feel like because of the way the game is and the size of the field, like you ever go to like a WWE or WWF event like back in your day, the first thing you think, and for anybody who's ever done it, you know where I'm going with this. I can't, the ring is this small? Like, no wonder why these guys look huge. I'm 5'5". Five five. I probably look eight feet in that ring. Like, you can't believe it. But it's, it's also the view. It's like you can't, unless you're right on top of it, Football is better on television. The only I'm curious what people think about it, I, but I'm putting that at number eight. I think it's the only sport better on TV. I really do. Like even going to like a great tennis match, if you're there, I mean it's great theater. You know, golf is different. I'm not putting that in the. It's different because like where and what hole you're on and all that. It's not fair to even put it in the category. But even if you put tennis in there, like it, soccer, way better live, right? Because of the the event atmosphere and all of that. Like football, American football is better on TV. The only one for me. Number 10, the NBA is your daddy. Number nine, Cowboy fans are the worst. Number eight, football is better on TV. Top 10 sports hills to die on. Number seven, because I wanted to follow with something related to this. Now, this is going to be one that a lot of people are not going to agree with. So hold on, let me take a sip here. The Stanley Cup playoffs are better than March Madness. Number seven. Now, this is a hill I may, I may actually die on having covered three NCAA tournaments. Here's what made me think about this. There is this long thought of thing, which I, I get, okay? Wherever he believes, of all the playoffs, okay, all the tournaments and, you know, the playoffs and the, you know, baseball and football, however, right? Even like you think about like the majors and grand slams in, in the other sports or wherever you want to go, Okay. 
that March Madness is just the best. And, like, if you say it that way, it kind of is. It's the best because it's unique and it's different. And you got the pools and, you know, you can you, in the office argue with each other. And, you know, you sit there and the first two days of the tournament, as long as you're not working them, because I will tell you, in doing those for three years, I, I, I'll say this just quickly. So I had covered sports for a while and done a lot of TV before I did the NCAA tournament. And I remember a friend of mine who is still a friend of mine and actually was a friend of mine way before I ever worked with him. I've, I've got two weird stories this way. G.A., who I also love, Greg Anthony, when I was doing Dream Job, we had an episode where we had to do, um, like, have an analyst. There was breaking news, and an analyst from ESPN had to come in, and we had to, like, ask them questions, Right. And I remember probably one of the reasons I got knocked off like this. I'm laughing at myself now. So we, we had to ask them four questions. And of course, like nobody else would think this, but I closed it with, I remember the segment. I actually didn't get kicked off this episode. But I, I, I said it was, you know, ESPN's version of the four questions, which is an ode to Passover if you're Jewish. But Greg Anthony was my guest, and I got to work with him and do play-by-play with him for three years at Summer League and work with him on the, on the desk like a million times, which is crazy, just many years later, and being a fan of his and being a Nick fan. But my dude, Seth Davis, who has been a friend before any of you ever, except if you're in my life, heard of who I was. Like, I mean, in the Wayback Machine, because we have mutual friends and family. Um, but and it's been like a huge... It helped. There's no way he'd listen to this because he's running somewhere in Hermosa Beach or, or, you know, trying to like keep in shape or, you know, drinking some green juice or some nonsense. But he, he's a friend and has been like a, a huge help to me in my career in terms of, you know, leaning on him and advice and things of that nature. But to get a chance to work with him on the set for three years was crazy because I had known him for a while. And it was like, wow, this is really, he's a huge baseball fan. He's a Nationals fan. I was like, this is, you know, kind of a cool thing. But I remember him saying to me, and he'd done a bunch of TV in his life, more than me by that time. But I remember him saying to me in whatever this was, 2017, I guess, the first year that I did there uh, for the tournament. And him telling me, like, no matter how long you think days you've covered in sports are, you have no idea what this is going to be like. And, and you do, like, what everybody would do. Like, okay, like, I took it in. But then, like, you're walking outside, and I'm going out, you know, to go take a piss or have a cigarette or whatever. I'm thinking, like, all right, yeah, but I got this, you know. You know, it's like, I got this. No problem. Come on. Like, you know who you're dealing with? Like, it's like what we all would do, right, in our own heads, even if we don't admit it. I'm telling you right now, like, I can't believe I was alive, like, after the second day. Like, those days, you literally, the only time you get off the set, I swear, is to, like, you got to run, like, unhook your mic and like run with it. Like, and when you're a guy and your mic is like attached to you, these are with third world uh, studio problems, but like you got to pee. Like now it's like, I don't want the mic to go on the floor. I don't even have time to take it off. So you're like holding it up against your belt, like, you know, arm, like up against the wall, like leaning, like just to just pee and run right back to the studio. That's all you got. Like you're eating at the desk, you're doing everything. You better not have to poop. You better not have to do anything. Like it's crazy. Legit, you might as well be like watching the ball drop in New York City. Okay, because of how long those days are. And getting to experience and cover it, like, I love the tournament before it. A tournament is amazing. And all the upsets and, and all that stuff. But it's still six games. And even when we root for underdogs, right? And I mean six games to win the whole thing, right? 
even when we root, excuse me, for underdogs, do you really want them? Does anybody remember how bad it was? The game George Mason, was it against Connecticut, I think? They were in in the Final Four. It was terrible when they went to the final. When Butler was in the final, that was like the worst final I've ever seen. Against Connecticut, the score was like 35 to 30. It was disgusting. Nobody, you want the upset for your pool. You want the upset because it's fun. Like when I was there one of the years, we had the Sister Jean thing, right? With the Illinois, was it Loyola Marymount? Uh, Loyola, yeah, I don't even remember. Loyola. Um, it's still, the games themselves, and we just happen to have UNC and Duke, so I mean, it's, this is a rarity though. Like they don't live up, it's not that way. The ends. In the NCAA tournament, you need some luck. You need two great schools in Duke and Kentucky and the, the, the G. Hill, my boy Grant, and Leitner Pass. There are events like that, and they're amazing things. I mean, I, was, I did the post game after UMBC beat Virginia, the first 16 to beat a one. And that was crazy at the end of a long day. It was the last thing we thought was ever going to happen, and it was like, oh, my God, when's this going to be over? And then the next thing, it was like, oh, holy crap, like, look where we're doing, right? The Stanley Cup playoffs, you, don't, you could not, if you like the sport, you could not watch the whole season, literally, and then just jump in and just find yourself falling in love with a series. Overtime in the Stanley Cup playoffs is the craziest thing ever. I have been a fan in many events, as have many of you, and I would imagine many of you who hear what I'm about to say and have been in this spot would probably agree with me. Going to an overtime game in your home building as a fan in the Stanley Cup playoffs is by a good by a good margin, by a good margin, crazier and more thrilling and more like take your breath away, pressure packed, intense than any other game of any kind you could ever go to. A World Series game? Nope, not even close. Way more. NCAA game, pressure in the tournament as a fan, not even close. Way more. Unless your brother's on the team or sister. Like, way more. Not even close. There's nothing that compares to it. I'll never forget going to, like, three overtime games in a week and a half span during the Islanders run in 93, including a three-overtime game when Ray Ferraro was going crazy and they beat the Capitals. And I'm telling you right now, like, you were there for like seven hours. You're sweating. You can't breathe. Like, it seems like there's never a whistle. Like, at any moment, your life, especially if the series is on the line, this is how sad we are as sports fans, your life is about to end. Like, it's the way you're feeling. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm exaggerating, but that's the moment you're in. Like, it's over. Or it's going to be the most amazing moment we were ever a part of. It doesn't matter if it was a goal, a tip-in, how it happened, went off a skate. Who cares? Like, look where we are. That moment of every single thing that happens when the puck gets shot in, makes a crazy bounce up the boards, and all of a sudden the guy whiffs when he could have an open net, you don't even have time to think or scream about that because they're going the other way, and your season could be over then too. I'm sorry. March Madness, it's all madness. But here's the real madness. The Stanley Cup playoffs is the best. It is hill to die on, number seven. It is the best playoffs of any sport that we have anywhere in this country or any country. Sorry. Number 10, NBA is your daddy. Number nine, Cowboy fans are the worst. I'm going to laugh every time I say that. Number eight, football is better on TV. Number seven, the Stanley Cup playoffs are your madness. Number six, hype kills. I didn't know how to really 
kind of encapsulate this. So this is why I put it this way. Here's what I mean. I, I don't think we realize when we're doing it how many of us are in a spot where we treat a player, an athlete, whomever, differently, okay, because of the fact that they were hyped to a level that they might have been. Here's what I mean by that. We all love underdogs. Go back to the tournament, right? Who wins coach of the year in sports? The coach who does more with less, right? We're not giving it to Phil Jackson. We're giving it to somebody else, right? Because, hey, I could be Phil Jackson. That's not real, but that's how we feel, right? Right or wrong, that's, that's how we are, okay? I, I could be Phil Jackson. No, you can't, but that's how we're supposed to be. Then you get into a situation on the other end where we say, what? We go, okay, I love this underdog team in the NCAA tournament because I want to see a 15 beat a 2. Why? It's not actually better for the tournament. Nobody wants to watch. Okay, you hate Duke? Great. Like, you're rooting against them? That's fine. Or Michigan State or whoever. But don't you think the game will be better when the 2 plays a 7 in the next round than when you sit there and you're going to root for, you know, I'm in the middle of my just scratch my button somewhere in Tennessee State or something? I mean, come on. But we always rooting for that guy. Always. You know who we don't root for? We don't root for the person who got attention because they're amazing. Think about how stupid that is, too. I'm not going to like LeBron because his games are on in high school. Why? Like, you want your son's game on in high school or your daughter's game? Do you think somebody should be watching you play out at the rec league? Like, why? It's the stupidest thing ever. But we don't want to cheer for that guy. Why? Because we don't like that he was getting hype in high school. Okay. Bryce Harper. Eli Manning. But what do you mean? He, his dad didn't want him to be picked by San Diego, right? So I, I'm not rooting for him ever. It's not... No, wait, wait, Tom Brady's supposed to be the greatest ever? No, he, he, the football wasn't real. You know how excited people were when, like, Tom Brady, who's the greatest quarterback of all time. Now, I, for a long time, thought it was Joe Montana, but even I'm like, standing down, okay? I'm, sorry. It's, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Sorry. What are quarterbacks supposed to do? They're, he does all of them. You know, he may not be – it's like I always said, Aaron Rodgers is like the weird science version of Tom Brady – like, if you could make a quarterback, it would be Aaron Rodgers. Like, the way he's throwing on the run, the throw to Cook that one time in the play. Like, all the stuff he does, it's amazing. He's, he's a great quarterback, too, by the way, Super Bowl winner. But, like, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, right? The brains and the mind. Tom Brady got it all, all right? The best thing that a Jet has done in football in the last million years for anyone, no offense to Bledsoe and his family, was when Mo Lewis knocked him off his block and gave us Tom Brady. That's the only good thing a Jet has done in forever. Sorry, Chad Pennington or Wayne Corbett. Sorry. Right? Like, it's the best Jet thing that's ever happened. <laughs> this is terrible. Now, you could have had Marino, but you got Ken O'Brien. You could have had Emmett Smith. You got Blair Thomas. You want me to continue? Right? But, it, I mean, it's Tom Brady. But, oh, now the football thing happened with the deflating of the football. See? I told you. Dude, I told you Tom Brady's a cheat. Why don't you like Tom Brady? Because he had Giselle and you didn't? Like, honestly, think about it. Oh, well, he's a good-looking guy who, like, is really great at football, wins all the time, seems to be a great teammate and a leader. I remember when Randy Moss went there, and, you know, Randy Moss at the time was unbelievable wide receiver, but, you know, he'd mouth off, and it's going to be his way or the highway and all that kind of stuff. 
Randy Moss, I remember you can go back and read like stories like he, he in the huddle for like a day and he know, okay, this is different. Like this different. That's a dude right there, this Tom Brady guy. This different. All right. And you just know that. It's Tom Brady. Look at all the things LeBron has done. LeBron, okay, sorry he passed to Kyle Korver, who was open. Like, no offense. Now, look, I'm a guy who believes, you know, and because it, it is opinion, but it, Michael Jordan, the best player I've ever seen. I think he's the best player of all time, okay? I've always been, you know, Michael, Kareem, Bill Russell, you know, LeBron, Magic. There's one or two others, Kobe. I mean, there's your group. you got a group of seven or eight. They're just in their own place. But LeBron's in there, but I think Michael Jordan's the best player of all time. It's just my own opinion. But, I mean, LeBron, he passed to Kyle Korver. I love Kyle Korver. He hit a lot of those shots. He missed that shot in the corner. It's like, if, well, that's Steve Kerr with Michael Jordan. What if Steve Kerr missed Michael Jordan? How did, how, I can't believe he passed the ball. Really? You know what I mean? Like, it's like LeBron gets shit on like for reasons that don't even make sense. Now look, he's not perfect. I don't want to hear about you just a boy from Akron every five seconds. I don't. I don't want to see you with a Yankee hat on somewhere, and then all of a sudden you're this fan and that. Like there's some stuff. I'm like, come on, Bron. Like no, like you don't got to try and pretend to have hair when you don't have any. Like, and I know what that's like. You know, like like there's some things. Okay, for with LeBron. Like, I remember covering the finals, and all of a sudden afterwards, he's, he's, he, he, I mean, he's like my son needs a Band-Aid for everything. LeBron wrapping his, all of a sudden his finger was broken in 800 places. He never said a word. Like, really, why? Because you guys got spanked? Like, come on. So it's not everything. It's not, but look at what the dude's accomplished. Look how many finals he's been to. Are we kidding? Is this a joke? Eli Manning is, a, is another one. You know, I mentioned I mentioned Bryce Harper in in the other episode about like the blowing kisses. Like Bryce is a great talent. People mentioned like, oh, Bryce is yeah, he's inconsistent. Like MVP year again last year, year, but oh, he's inconsistent. This whatever. But people want to say it, even though Mike Trout's the best player on the planet. The MVP year Harper had the few years before that was better than any year Mike Trout's ever had, and nobody even said anything. Oh, but Bryce Harper is not this. He's not that. Or you know, he got the hotel bill contract offer as I call it, from the Nationals. Nationals didn't want to keep them. They knew they weren't going to pay them, and they knew they couldn't say that to the fans. They didn't want to screw the fans over or disappoint them. So what did they do? They basically, like, you know, when your hotel bill comes under, you're already, like, you're, you're opening the door to roll your suitcase out, and it rolls over the hotel bill that they just dropped in. You already, like, paid it electronically. You're going to go check out. That's how they offered him a contract for, like, money he wasn't going to take. It's not an offer. That's like some bullshit. I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. But every guy, Bryce Harper. Why is it his fault? Not his fault. Everybody that way. Look, Steven Strasburg, I understand he's hurt all the time now. Everybody complained at the beginning. His ERA in the postseason is like sub two, and he basically carried that team. Look, he's better than Max was for that month when they won the World Series. We're going to forget that? No, we can't. But this is what we do, right? The hype is not, not enough. Eli Manning, great example. Like, you got to be kidding me with some Giant fans, and I'm a Giant fan, but, like, some Giant fans I know, like, still getting on me about, like, or, or you know, come on, man. Like, you know how many picks he threw? We could have won this many games. Dude, he beat Tom Brady twice when Peyton couldn't. He won two Super Bowl MVPs, and neither one was like, who the hell do we give it to? Like, he earned them. He threw a dime to Manningham down the left sideline. Yeah, it was a great play call, but he hit Burris. Don't forget, yeah, okay, the Tyree thing was luck, but what about the rest of the drive? 
What about in the snow against the Packers where if you don't have it, I can't remember oh, who was the kicker. Oh, it's killing me right now, and I know who it was. But I, it, your kicker's not missing three field goals. You beat the Packers three times. Then he had, like, no offensive line in a game against the 49ers in the NFC Championship game where, thank you to Kyle Williams with two fumbles, they were able to win. But he was getting crushed every single time. You may think he was, like, dumb facial expressions or whatever else. That dude's not tough enough for you. His own tight end and Shockey is, is running back and Tiki and everybody else trying to throw him out. Well, guess what? They were gone, and that dude's dragging teams to titles. I don't even want to hear it. Number 10, NBA's your daddy. Number nine, Cowboy fans are the worst. Number eight, football's better on TV. Number seven, the Stanley Cup playoffs are your madness. And number six, hype kills. This is part one. I'm doing this in two parts, and I'll explain why. Because I, I love being... I really try to prove which is is real. I don't know if this is a good quality or not. I am. I want you to be. If you don't know me at all, I want you to understand how much I don't give a f what anyone else thinks, as long as it's something I feel, like right or wrong. I'm cool with it, right? So I'm going to be totally honest with you. I just did an hour without a break, <clears throat> and like with one sip of a drink. And it was great and fun, and hopefully it sounds as, as good as, like, it feels in terms of, like, I love, I love the conversation. Because I love thinking about, like, people getting angry about it and wanting it. That's sports, right? Talk to each other and all that. Like, that's what I live for, right? That's the adrenaline. But, you know, a lot of people in radio can't do more than 15 minutes without a commercial. I'm going to take a deep breath and then do part two. It also makes it two podcast episodes, so maybe it'll help with sponsors. I don't know. I just came up with that shit. Who knows? Number 10, NBA's your daddy. Number 9, Cowboy fans are the worst. Number eight, football better on TV. Number seven, the Stanley Cup playoffs is your madness. Number six, hype kills. That's part one. Part two will be released just probably minutes after. Truth is, I'm going to leave you now. Whenever you hear this, 10 minutes later, I started the next one. I'm going to take a deep breath, walk the dog, and think about how excited I am for number one because I'll go back to the beginning. I never had a question what my biggest sports hill to die on of life is. And you will find that out. Hope you enjoyed part one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.